Hey friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. What a fun Monday. You aren't even ready. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Ryan O'Neill, also known as Sleeping at Last. And this is his Enneagram 7 song. Make sure you check out the whole series. Hey, I just want to remind y'all that we have a new podcast on the That Sounds Fun Podcast Network, The Stories from 100 Days to Brave. It is 10 stories of women doing really brave things. I think you're going to love them. I'm on every episode telling you about our friends that I want to introduce you to. So I think you'll love the show. Head on over to Spotify and look up Stories from 100 Days to Brave. I think you're going to love, love, love these stories, especially as you're reading 100 Days to Brave for 100 Days to Brave 2020 and trying to stay in it, stay in it today 100. This is great encouragement. Today on the show is one of the most requested friends of mine ever. Y'all just really want to hear from Lauren Akins, and I get it. She's the best. Y'all are going to fall more in love than you think is capable today when you're hearing from Lauren. Her new book, Live in Love, Growing Together Through Life's Changes, is absolutely great, y'all. It's really great. You'll hear Lauren and I talk about it in the show. The book is beautiful. There's tons of pictures in it that I think you're going to love, but the words are really special, too. So here's my conversation with our good friend and author, Lauren Akins. Listen, you, the world should not trust me to start my own podcast recording because I've always mess up something, but I've got you going. I've got me going. Okay. Great. Hey, You're crushing it. Hey. Welcome to the pod. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm, I need you to know that probably, this is not an exaggeration. We, every February, we do an entire series of couples and you and Thomas Rhett are the number one requested couple in February's. What? Yes. People all want to hear you and Tom Strett. So we're going to have to work that out one of these years. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, we're here for you. We do everything else together as a couple. So you might as well. Right. Okay. So I'm going to read you a quote from your own book. That is why I wanted to start with this. Cause I thought this was so interesting. You, you say this in the intro, you said, and the public's expectations of us and their imaginations about us reached new peaks. I mean, are you dealing with that all the time? What people think you and Thomas <laughs> Red are like? Yeah. Um, you know, we're still going through it. I feel like I, I think I thought it would kind of wear off after a while and I'd get used to it and um, it would just become a normal thing. And it just doesn't, at least not for me. Yeah. But it's our life. So I guess it's becoming like a new normal, but it never just like normalizes, if uh -huh. that makes sense. Like it still feels weird, but I guess. I'm used to it always feeling weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you have, you don't know another adult life than the one where you're married to a country music celebrity. Right. Right. Star. Yeah. It's definitely not the way I envisioned my life going. Um, actually it's the complete opposite. It, I mean, it's just, it's so not my, uh, personality that that's not what I'm drawn to is anything spotlight, which is hilarious because, I have a book coming out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is fun. Like, yeah, you know, I don't really like the spotlight, but I should totally do a book. But please I mean, let me write a book that everyone's going to read. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, every day I wake up, I'm like, wow, was that a good decision? Well, I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out. Here we yeah. go. I think that, I mean, that actually speaks to where a lot of people are, Lauren, because a lot of people think that they're going to know the exact right thing to do before they do it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. My entire life is taking a step when I can't see the next step after. Really? 
Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it's kind of, that's become a theme of my life. And I, I do feel like throughout the book, I, I try to show that, that, you know, when I feel like I, I always say this, but I feel like when the Lord opens a door, I challenge myself. And I, and like my motto is when he opens a door just to walk through it, regardless of how far or not I can see in front of me. And, um, that is definitely how this whole book process has been. But that was not something I ever dreamed of doing and was talked into it a little bit, honestly. And, um, and just, I mean, jumping into the music industry and, um, our entire life, the adoption process, kids, like all of it, all of it was just like, I felt like I was blindly walking, which honestly takes so much pressure off of you. Really? Tell me why. Because I just feel like I, I finally, I haven't like learned it as probably well as I could have by now and should have by now, but it is teaching me, he's teaching me that he's in control and truly like, I really am a control freak. So it's hilarious that I say that I feel like I just take steps and, and whether or not I can see the next one ahead of me because control freaks tend to not do things like that. But I just feel like it's always the best outcome when I just do it. I mean, if he's calling me somewhere or to do something or to say something, he's always putting that next stepping stone, if you will, right in front of me, right before my next foot lands. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I can see the picture in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And it's following him that way has truly been that's how my life has bloomed into what it is into into my family into our careers and um even into the fan base that I have that um is still so crazy to me and still makes me uncomfortable sometimes but <laughs> I it's mean like over two million people on Instagram <laughs> but it's really that's cool no joke. at the same time not cool like hey I've got two million people that follow me but like I mean, it's cool in a way that like when I go to Thomas Rhett's shows and meet people out or even if I'm just in like a random city and see somebody in a grocery store and they're like, oh, my goodness, are you Lauren? It's at first it was like, oh, my word, they see me, they see me. And now I've, I've met so many fun and amazing people all over the world, truly, that it's like, wow, I feel like because of this social media thing, I'm able to have like such a large community even though it's not all the time a two-way street but when I do get to meet people and and hear how they can relate on even if it's just some dumb Instagram post about being a mom or like today was hard because of this or whatever and they're like oh my word that totally spoke to me because this happened to me last year blah 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 and right as I was going through it you had posted that I can't tell you how many stories of people just talking and truly, they will just open up their heart to me right there in the aisle, wherever we are. And it's just like they're a long lost friend that I hadn't been able to meet face to face yet or something. And it's just turned into like a really beautiful community. And I feel like I can almost draw some of my strength from that and the people who I can I can just feel their love and support of me and Thomas Rhett and our girls and even just our extended family, how much people love us. And and it's such a sweet, it's sweet. And it's, it's so unexpected, I guess. And I guess it wouldn't have to be that way. Um, I'm sure, you know, there are some people who don't love us that way, but 
it just feels like a friend. It feels like when I see my girlfriends from college and, and we just, we love each other. So I try to, we, in a weird way, love them back, even though I'm not able to always see them face to face or know their names. But, um, I feel like this book has kind of turned into a little bit of, I've met so many of you over the years and you've asked me so many things about, you know, family life to marriage, to just the most random things. And I feel like sharing that back with them is the, my best way of two-way communication. And it's scary for sure. But, um, it's a really, it's turned into a really beautiful thing, at least so far. I'm yeah. still a little nervous about the rest of the world reading it, yeah, but I know. you know, it's been fun. Of the book I read up until when I actually met you. So I read up until what I have lived with you since then. <laughs> so I got like the backstory and it really did feel like, oh, this is like if Lauren and I sat down and got coffee and she was like, here's the stuff you don't know, Annie, because oh, it happened before yeah, 2016 right. or whatever. You know, know. That's cool. Yeah. It was really cool. And so I think you have done the goal. If the goal you have is to write a book that feels like you're telling your friends your story, you've really done that. Well, thank you. That was the goal was yeah. just to just to be open and be me and and hopefully I, I hope it helps someone not feel so isolated in whatever it is they find themselves or just laugh a little or cry a little if you need a good cry or, um, you know, feel like you've got a friend um, in whatever it is you may be going through. But um, yeah, it, it's it's been a very different process, but it's been a lot of fun. I've loved it. So what are the things that you're nervous about? Are you nervous about bad, like unkind comments? Are you nervous just to, the yeah. idea that there's going to be... I mean, today my assistant said, I mean, one day you're holding one copy because we got your book, you know, she said, so one day you're holding one copy and the next day a million people can have it. <laughs> right. I think that's what's so nerve wracking is what if some people don't agree with the way that I've lived my life? Or, I mean, I feel like I always ask myself these questions, even if I post a story on Instagram, I feel like, is someone going to? think that I'm doing something wrong or, but you know what? We talked about this earlier, but me being a non yes. and being the people pleaser, that's probably why that is always in the back of my mind. Like, is this going to hurt someone's feelings or is this going to make me look like I uh, mean something that I don't, that I'm not trying to say, or I'm always second guessing every single thing. But yeah, it, I mean, it's just a nerve wracking thing. I am kind of used to doing life with a lot of people looking our direction mostly at my husband but um I think now that we've got our three girls a lot of his women fan base are like yeah yeah like your concert's amazing we love your songs we love who you are but like your wife is a mom and a wife and we can relate to her so much better mm. so I think with people They're like yeah looking, yeah you're cool TR where's Lauren and the girls <laughs> Dude, it is. I mean, you know, it's just crazy. And so I think that would be nerve wracking to anyone except maybe my husband. I feel like he just thrives when people watch him. But um, yeah, it makes me sick to my stomach sometimes. Really? <laughs> I love it when I'm with my like friend group. I will get on stage and perform and do whatever it is they want me to do to be funny. But if you put me in front of like a bunch of people that I've never met before, it's like 
you know, it's that feeling of when you have to give a presentation in fourth grade for the first time in front of your whole class and you're like sweating bullets. Right. But um, right. I'm, I'm getting a little more used to it for sure. But um, it's nice to have people in the industry that have been there and done that and, um, and can kind of like come alongside you and be like, no, you're not crazy for feeling this way. Yeah. yeah. Are there some other wives that you talk to and like, are there mentor women in your life that understand this lifestyle? Yeah. I mean, I think we're all in very different points. Like I don't have many girlfriends who have a book coming out, right? <laughs> but in different ways, we all can like relate to each other on different levels, just being, um, you know, in the public eye. Um, and that community, I just feel like is everything. It just gives me so much life. And, and just them speaking truth into my life has been life-saving, truly. I just can't, I wouldn't be able to there's no way I would not survive without my community yeah. in all forms. Yeah. That's what keeps me going. That's what helps me to be me. And, um, and then when I do mess up, I've got that same community to go, yeah, you know, you probably shouldn't have done that, but, uh, <laughs> but we're here. But we yeah. still love you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I just imagine there's probably so many of our friends who are listening that are like newly married or new moms and they feel like they're doing this all by themselves. Oh gosh. Like, what would you say to them about finding other women to help them walk through this? Man, okay. Well, first of all, they're out there. I feel like I've been in places before, or even most recently, I feel like, you know, when we got married seven years ago, coming into the music industry, I was like, I am never going to relate to any of these women. I mean, I just, they've been doing this. They look so confident on red carpets. They're on camera. They don't freeze. Um, and I just could never envision myself being that way. Mm -hmm. And then I remember meeting, um, a couple of girls after the ACMs one night and we just got to talking. And I remember being so nervous talking to them, like, what, what am I going to say? Are we even going to have like real conversations? How, how much of myself do I let her know? Do I need to play a certain part? And once you get into it, and this is with any new community, you start talking and they start talking back mm -hmm. and then you open up your heart a little bit more and then you realize, oh, wait, we're all just a bunch of humans. Nobody yeah. has this figured out no matter where you are. Right. And we're all to some extent relatable. Um, and I think once you find that common ground, whatever it is, even if it's the tiniest thing in the world, the, a relationship can grow off of that. And, and you've got to be willing to a, be vulnerable and then B, put the effort into that relationship. But um, yeah, man, as a new mom or a single mom or new wife, um, that is just crucial to have other women alongside you that have are either going through what you're going through or have been through it. And then even people who are a few steps behind you that you can kind of pass on what you've learned or what's been helpful or just speak truth into their life because every single person needs that community, even if it's a new community. But yeah, that would be my number one thing for anyone who's coming into a new part in their life is to find somebody that's doing that too. And I just think you, your advice is so spot on of like, you may get to be or need to be the one who's vulnerable first. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
And it's so scary. Yeah, it's so scary. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes it doesn't always come back at you to think the way you think it might or the way you hope it might. But, um, you know, it's never going to go perfectly every single time. That's you've right. got to you've got to have some ups and downs and then learn from the downs and celebrate the ups. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that, that can be true in in how the book does. That can be true in dating. That can be true in friendship. I mean, it's one theme what you're saying about your life today, Lauren, of like, I just take the next step I see in front of me and it doesn't always go perfectly, but it's the it feels like the door the Lord's opened. For sure. And you know what? Like the things that I've not done right, he's grown me so much from that, you know? And I feel like you look back and you go, oh man, you know, I wish I wouldn't have done that or wish I wouldn't have said that. Even in marriage, you know, like with relationships, when I feel like I've, we've gotten into a fight and it was clearly my fault or whatever, you know, you always come out on the other end learning something. And then the next time it comes around, you know, not to do that or say that, or, you know, to avoid whatever it is that made you stumble the first time around. Um, hopefully you learn that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I guess for me, sometimes it's taken a few times to actually learn it, but it's, it's good for you. And my mom always says it builds character and it does. I mean, that quote from your book about people's expectations how do you balance that of like people expect you and Thomas Rhett to, and they do see y'all have this really beautiful, kind, loving marriage that you can tell you put work into, but you also want to present and you do that. We're not perfect. We're humans, but you also don't need to like air your laundry about what's going on. (laughs) How did you, when you were writing the book and like when you and Thomas Rhett are both posting, because we don't very often have people on the show that are both. I mean, Kaylee and Russell came on last February. And so we've had some people where both people are public figures. Yeah, yeah. But how do y'all balance like, hey, that you said more than I wanted you to say there? Or do you run yeah. everything by each other? How do you decide how public you are about how you are growing in your marriage and as parents? You know, I think we've got the certain things that we're like, you know what? that's just for us. Like there are certain, like even pictures, like I have pictures of my kids that I'm like, Oh, that is my favorite picture in the world. And I want to share it with the world. But then I'm like, you know what? It's kind of nice to have some things that not every single person knows and sees. And so I think we both kind of have this, um, sense of, you know, I think this is getting a little too close to home and, you know, we want to share our lives with, with, the people who love us and care about us, but you also have to be careful because there are some people who don't want the best for us. And I think learning that and finding that out was really hard at first because it was like, what did I do? Like, and, and of course you want everyone to like you. Um, but I think just realizing that I do believe we were put into this position for a reason. I'm not exactly sure what those reasons are. I may not even know at the end of my life, but I know that we're here for a reason. And so I feel like we would be, um, I feel like we wouldn't be listening to the Lord's call if we kept our life really private. Um, Because I just, I feel like I just, I don't know. I keep telling him, I'm like, you know what? This might be a little TMI for the rest of the world, but you know, I feel like somebody needs to hear it or somebody needs to say, hear me say it. Um, And like, even going back to, 
a lot of people bring up when we've talked about, we've gone to counseling and we go to counseling. Yeah. A lot of people bring that up and they're like, wow, I can't believe that y'all do counseling. And I'm like, why? It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, everyone should do counseling. But I just, I, I do believe that my parents being open books growing up and just, I mean, they were as honest as they come and didn't hide much from us. And so I think I learned that growing up and saw how it benefited me and my sister and brother, just their honesty in life and what they learned. And um, there's something about being really vulnerable that, that, yeah, it's scary at first, but then you see the life that it brings when you are honest and open about your struggles or your all, all the joy in your life or the things that have gone well or the things that have gone wrong or things that are sad or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, we, we try not to post every fight on Instagram. Right, right. um, <laughs> I do think it's, there is a fine line, but to answer your question, we don't run everything past each other, including the book. And um, Thomas Rhett didn't read it until it was almost completely finished because I wanted him to like see it fresh. Yeah. Because he's like my number one critic. Sure. And so um, he did at the end, he goes, wow, I didn't know you were going to put that in there. You know, I, I just, I was like, well, honey, I don't know. It just, it started coming out and yeah. I wasn't really sure how the book was going to go, but it went that way. And uh, I think we'll be better for it. And he was like, well, Okay, it took him a second to, to get over it, swallow that pill. But uh, you know, we're good. We're still happy. We're good. We're kicking. Yeah. I know. I we were, I had made a list of stories I wanted to make sure we hit, and one of them was that day we were both at Fenwick's, and you were with some friends, and I was with some friends, and you came over to our table, and somehow we started talking about onsite, and you're like, Annie, you're gonna be fine. You should go. You're gonna be. And I remember going like, Okay, if Lauren says I'll survive going to onsite, <laughs> then I probably will. <laughs> I mean, even you in that moment, you and I think that's a beautiful example of how well you do this because you didn't go, here are the eight things I worked on at OnSite. All you said was, hey, I had an experience like the one you're going to and you will be better on the other side. Yeah. And that was all I needed. I didn't need you to give me like, tell me the 12 things you worked on. <laughs> I just needed right. you to say you survived it, that you had had something that led you to counseling and that you were better on the other side for it. And that meant so much to me, Lauren. It like... It really helped me go. <laughs> good, good. Well, and you know, I didn't, I had zero idea that was going to make any impact on you. I was just really excited you were getting to go because I think it's amazing. Yeah. But, and you know who we share, I think, is Jim Cress. Oh, oh, I love him so much. <laughs> Lauren, I love that guy so much. Oh, he's so amazing. He's oh, just my one word. of the best counselors just, I've ever known truly, in my life. Yeah. Truly, Thomas Wright would say the same as well. He's he's incredible. He's incredible. He just yeah. knows how to ask that. All all Jim Crest does is say to you, "Yeah, I bet you do feel that way." And you're like, <laughs> "How am I so different? How did you change me?" And all you he just is he's so good at mirroring back to you what you're uh -huh. saying. Yeah, and then you just word vomit. Yes, and you're like, "Oh my, I didn't even know I felt that way. It just came out." I know. Yeah. I know it's amazing. I, it I really is. I just think so highly of people who will put their lives. I mean, if no one could know Jim Cress's name for the rest of the our lives if we didn't do this interview. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he doesn't yeah. do anything to try to be known. Yeah, but he has helped so many of us in some really profound ways. Oh my word! Yeah, no joke. He changed our marriage. 
Yeah. Um, truly. He, we went, we went to him when, oh goodness, what year was that? It was before we had kids, but we honestly just started going, um, because of some friends of ours who had been and, and we had done marriage counseling off and on, but not like an intensive marriage counseling anywhere. And we were like, you know what, this could be really good for us just to learn how to communicate better or that's so smart, Lauren. Like y'all didn't wait for an explosion. Y'all right. All I was along. like, you know what? Let's yeah. just get ahead of it. So yes. something hits us when something hits us. Yep. We have the tools to navigate it a lot better. That's brilliant. And goodness gracious, it, it was one of the best things. I mean, I just sing on sites praises yeah. to everyone I meet. <laughs> Me too. Me too, man. I'm like, if you can make a way, to, if you can make a time and a budget and a, if you can make a way to, to spend, but if not, can you go to counseling in the city where you live? Yeah, Can you get a it's counselor? such an incredible investment and so worth it on any level, mm-hmm. I think. So when you're raising your girls, they are the cutest, by the way. I mean, that new little one, Lauren. Oh, my she's gracious. Sweet. She's really sweet. She's a really good baby, except for the spit up. Oh, my so much. Word. <laughs> she, yeah, it's a hidden talent. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and I all mean, the babies you birth have so much hair, Lauren. So much hair. <laughs> I I know. And Lennon, Lennon's hair is really dark. And Thomas Rhett's hair is dark now, but he was blonde when he was younger. His sister, she was blonde when she was younger. Me and my siblings are blonde yeah. and light colored eyes. And so she popped out and everybody was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Hey, friend, just interrupting this conversation with Lauren to tell you about our partners, including Ritual. Y'all know I love my Ritual multivitamins. You deserve to know what you're putting in your body and why. And that's why Ritual's founder is on a mission to reinvent the vitamin industry. You guys, they've left out all the mysterious additives, the synthetic fillers, the shady extras that can be found in some traditional multivitamins. And they're committed to showing you their nutrients, where it came from and why they chose it. They call it traceability, and it is one of my favorite things about Ritual Multivitamins. Y'all know I love them. We've talked about it before. They smell like mint, which is excellent. They do not stink. And I just think taking a multivitamin every day is really important to help us get everything that we need so we can stay healthy and stay well. I just am such a fan of Ritual. I also love that they are like literally designed to be gentle on an empty stomach. So if you take it in the morning, you won't be like nauseous as you can be sometimes. Their delayed release, no nausea design capsule is made to be gentle on your empty stomach. And then, you know how I feel, the mint tab in every bottle makes taking your vitamins a minty fresh experience, which I really, really like. Daily changes can lead to big results. So start small today. Ritual is offering you guys, my friends, 10% off your first three months. Try it out. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com slash that sounds fun to start your new ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months at ritual.com slash that sounds fun. Today's show also is brought to you by our friends over at Third Love. Listen, if there's one thing you gals love talking to me about when we run into each other in public is your Third Love bras. And I get it. Third Love does bras differently, but they believe every woman deserves to feel comfortable and confident every day. And with the right kind of support, they help her do that. Y'all, I just got three new ones in the mail. 
I ordered them myself. And after taking that Fit Finder quiz, you know it. You just answer a few simple questions, find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 15 million women, including your friend AFD, have taken the quiz to date. It's actually fun. It takes less than a minute to complete. And it helps to identify shape and size, which really is what's important when you're finding the right style and fit for your body. And I absolutely love mine. I'm telling you, my friends, we text about which kind we get, what colors. I mean, like, everybody's wearing them, y'all. We're all wearing them. It's that perfect fit promise. It's that comfort and quality. And I love that Third Love is giving back. They donate all of their gently used return bras to women in need, supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the United States. And so far, Third Love has donated over $15 million in bras, y'all. That's so cool. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for each of you gals. So right now they're offering my friends 15% off your first order. Y'all come on, let's go get you a new bra for 15% off. We'll get you a few if it's off the whole order. Go to thirdlove.com slash sounds fun now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash sounds fun for 15% off today. And now back to the show. So tell their ages and their names, top to bottom. Okay. So Willa Gray is four and Ada James is two. She'll be three in August. And then Lennon was born in February of this year. So she's still a baby. So you got three under four. Yes. Girl, that's no joke. I mean, your life changed so fast. So fast. So fast. I look back and I'm like, it's just been a blur. Yeah. Every bit of it has just... I look back and I'm like, how, how long has it been? I did something for, um, a graduation a few weeks ago and I was like, Oh my word. I have been graduated from college for eight years. Yeah. Like two rounds of students have come and gone. (laughs) Truly. I, 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 it's blowing my mind. And so I'm like, Oh my goodness. And then I'll think back like, and I try to like process like what all, these last eight years I have lived so much life and a lot of it is a blur, but in, in the midst of the blur, there are just like the most amazing moments and, you know, three kids later. And I cannot believe my life is what it is. I mean, I'm 30 years old and have traveled out of the country with two of the three of my kids. We just have this amazing little life that looks nothing like I thought it was going to look yeah. growing up and when, you know, when I thought, you know, as a little girl, what my life was going to be. And, but it it's far better mm-hmm. than my wildest dreams. I mean, I, I didn't want to be a girl mom. You didn't. Um, no, because I would never, I just can't relate to the girly things. Yeah. I, I never did the Barbie dolls. I never wanted to do makeup. I never, I still, I'm still that way. And my two oldest, Lennon doesn't, uh, who knows what she's going to be like, but I don't know that she's got a chance living with Willa Gray and Ada James, but they, I kid you not, change princess dresses probably 12 times a day each. And, and anytime I put on makeup, which is like once every month, they have their, like, just looking straight at me. They're like, mom, 
can I put on some of your mascara? Oh. Ada James asked me the other day, she said, mommy, why are you new? And I was like, why am I new? And she kept looking at me and then touched my face. And I realized it was because I had washed my hair <laughs> and put on mascara and she doesn't recognize me anymore because I just don't. You got a new face. <laughs> She's like, mommy, why are you new? But they just hang off of every little, I mean, I put the mascara on. They want the mascara. They go into my closet. They pull out all of my red carpet shoes that I have worn one time. Yep. Really one time. Won't ever put them back on probably unless it matches another dress. Yep. And all they want me to do is put on the sparkly shoes. And there's nothing in me that wants the girly life. Yeah. And so I just thought I'm not going to be a good girl mom. And um, I thought I really, really just... God, please just give me a boy. Just give me a boy first because I feel like I can really do a boy really well. I can mm-hmm. I can have a boy and raise him and I can like play in the mud and we'll do things outside and um I just can't do the Barbie world. And that is my life is Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, God, please give me a boy. And he's like, ha ha, three girls later. Do right. you still want to keep trying? Right. Um, but it has been, I was telling my sister this the other day. I could not be more opposite from at least my two older girls and their personalities as far as what interests them. But it is so much fun. I mean, I would never in a million years change the way that our family has formed. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little upset when we found out Ada James was a girl. Yeah. um, Because I was like, no, Willa Gray was so young. And I was like, we've got a girl. She's precious. I really want a boy. And then seeing sisters and you know what? Barbie dolls really aren't that bad. Yeah. And the princess dresses are really sweet on them all day long. And it's oh, just the pictures so you post fun. of them in those dresses is so cute. They are hilarious. Will you explain how their ages are so close for people who don't know the story? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so we adopted Willa Gray from Uganda and she came home in 2017 and she was 18 months old. Okay. Had you met her when you were in Uganda? Yes. So okay. I met her actually my first trip to Uganda and she was five months old. Oh wow. And that's since then, since she was five months, it, it was a little bit of time before I got to go back again. But once I went back that second time, I was with her as much as possible because then we were in the thick of the adoption. Okay. So I got to be mom to her in Uganda, but it was still like on the down low and um, we obviously weren't in America. And so bringing her home was when I felt like I could be a little more free with, um, you know, just being at my home and being with my family and my friends and, and for our family to get to, you know, show her the things that we really wanted to see her and, and being in Uganda was unbelievable getting to, to live where she was born with the people who helped me to take care of her when I couldn't be there. And, um, I cannot wait to take her back one day. Um, she talks about it all the time and I'm constantly on the phone talking with our friends over there. Are her birth parents still alive? Like, would you, would you be able to introduce her to family? I would love to, but we have no idea. (laughs) Um, I just, I have no idea where, if she has any um, blood relatives in the world. I don't even know where they are. Um, and I did, I've asked God a few times. I'm like, if she's got someone, please let us 
see them or meet them or somehow in Uganda make a connection. I don't, I don't know how we would. And I, I know technology is so crazy today that, you know, with all of the DNA testing and all of the, the 23 and me, that thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I gave my mom a 23 and me. She's adopted. I gave my mom a 23 and your mom is. And so, yeah, I know. So cool. And so she, I think things like that, I'm like hopeful one day that maybe we'll get to, but I'm like, you know what, if nothing else, when we get to heaven, like, I just want to look at her birth mom in the face and be like, listen, I don't know what you went through. I don't know how your life came about. I don't know how her life came about, but your little girl is the most angelic child (laughs) and she's changed well, for sure, our life, but the world is seeing this little girl um, live this life that that didn't look like everyone else's life, and it was okay, and it's beautiful, and she's thriving, and she's she's changing hearts, and she's loving on people, and seeing her grow up and be a big sister to my other two daughters, mm-hmm. and just watching her turn into the little person she is, it breaks my heart that her birth mom isn't able to see that. But, you know, I always in moments like that where I'm like, oh, I just, I, I want to share this or I don't want to lose this memory or things like that. I'm always like, I wonder if God will like let us play back parts of our life when we get to heaven. Just like watch it over again, like a movie or like with her birth mom, let her mom like watch her do things growing up or I don't know. I just uh, think in my mind somewhere, I'm like, I want so desperately to have that connection because there's so many questions that I have. And I know that she will as she gets older too. But um, the questions just don't end. And with her little brain, she's the smartest four-year-old on the planet. And she asked me questions and I'm like, oh, I, I don't I don't even know <laughs> how to start to answer this. Yeah. <laughs> so it is hilarious. And Ada James, bless her heart, just she's smart in her own way. She's, I don't know that she cares a whole lot about, um, things that are, uh, profound these days yeah. just yet. She also is two and a half. Yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So Willa Gray, Willa Gray's my four-year-old Ada James is two and a half and Ada James was born when Willa Gray was three months old. No, no. When she was three, when she was home for three months, yeah. I'm trying to think she came home when she was 18 months old yeah oh gosh my mom brain yeah she came home in may of 27 i'm like yeah i'm like trying to remember i'm like i think in august. <laughs> yeah. May, June, July, august. yeah three months later ada james was born and so they're they're 21 months apart but i felt like even though i was like mom in uganda i felt like i didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare yeah. for being a mom at least in the states and I was so pregnant there at the end yeah. that it just, I honestly felt like I almost had twins for a second. I would think so. Yeah, for sure. It would feel that way. Yeah. Real close together. And, but it's so sweet because they don't do anything apart now. Um, you know, if one of them goes to like my parents' house and the other one goes to one of his parents' house, they ate a James the other day. I dropped Willa Gray off with my mom just so me and Ada James could have like a, mom daughter day with yeah. just us two and she started bawling oh. and she was like sister's leaving me she's oh. leaving me I was like no honey it's just for a night like right come on <laughs> but it's so precious how sweet and how close they are 
And, you know, I, I thought for a second there when we got pregnant with Ada James, I was like, oh my, what, what have we yeah. done? We are yeah. not going to be able to, uh, we've not even tried to be parents to one just yet. Right. And we're, we've, we barely got home to the States and then here comes number two. And, um, but looking back at it, like, oh my word, I, I know exactly why we got pregnant when we did, because I think Willa Gray, you know, came from a place with lots of kids and lots of babies and lots of things going on. And then she comes to the U S and she's the only grandkid, you know, and, right. and so she's looking around going, uh, well, this is pretty boring. Can you do <laughs> something else? Right. So uh, she thinks she needed that playmate and, yeah. Um, they seem like absolute best friends, the two of them. They are. It's precious. Yeah. It's the sweetest thing in the world. And yeah, it was hard there for a second. And some days it's still pretty hard, but it, it's so sweet them being close together. And, um, are bo- and both of y'all's families are in driving distance. So you get to see your parents and his parents and like everybody kind of jumps in and helps y'all when you need it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We have the most amazing built-in support system right in Nashville. Um, and so we see our families, it's hilarious because anytime we go to the movies or going to go to a concert or go on a family vacation, it's like, okay, so how many people will be in your party? And we're like, um, 18. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, like, Quite a few. Sorry. Come again. Um, but it's so much fun. And, and we're still the only ones with kids in our family. Yeah. So once our siblings start having kids, it's going to be uh, a madhouse if yeah. it's not already, but it's so fun. Last year, we one of our friends got baptized and there were just a handful of us there, but it was y'all and your mom and your brother. Yep. And I was like, man, that is so sweet that this friend of ours who's getting baptized <laughs> wanted you and your husband, who are two of her best friends, and your mom <laughs> and your brother. I just thought, man, that is the coolest image of how your family invests in the people that you love. Oh, well, like I said, I could not do my life without them. And so it's almost like a package deal. If you're going to become friends with us, you're just going to become friends with our family. Uh-huh. You know, some people think we're crazy. Some people are like, are y'all not tired of being around your family all the time? But it's kind of just like we have this built in best friend group and yeah. it works and we have so much fun together. Not to mention, I have like 12 extra sets of hands to That's help me right. with kids. <laughs> I mean, do you think it's also partly, we haven't talked about this, but I mean, you and Thomas Rhett met in like elementary school. So y'all's families have kind of just always known each other. Right. Is that part of it? Because y'all were, y'all were doing family stuff together as teenagers. Yeah, I think so. Because our sisters, when we dated, when we dated in high school or middle school, oh, good night. A couple of times we kind of, we hung out in middle school and then we dated in high school. And when we like really started dating in high school and then driving to our sisters would tag along with us wherever we went. And then they became best friends. So I guess our family has like started growing together even way before, because we broke up. We did not date long in high school. We broke up and then didn't date again for like uh, let's see, five, six years. Oh, wow. But even through all that time, we stayed really close. So I do think it's been like a long time coming, you know, it wasn't like we got married and then our families met and became close. It was years and years, but our family is super compatible. We just, our parents all get along and we, we like the same things. And even if we don't, we 
we tolerate the things with the other people that they like yeah. just so we can all be around each other because <laughs> because it's just more fun that way. But I always grew up at my parents' house, you know, the more the merrier. And yeah. so we would have sleepovers and we didn't have a huge house growing up, but we would, you know, have pallets all over the floor of quilts and pillows and whatever because it just always was more fun when everybody could join. Yeah. And so I think as we've gotten older, we kind of have that same mentality and so that's why we roll with a group of 18 or yeah. more everywhere we go. Oh, but we love it. it. It's, it's so our vibe. It's, it might not be your vibe and that's okay. Right. <laughs> but you know, when the Aikens roll it. in, we're going to roll in hot and yeah. a lot of people. You know, I'm not married yet. And, but tell me what you know about God from being with Thomas Retford this long. What's something you have experienced of God from being married and being in the same relationship for so long? He knows me so much better than I ever thought I could know myself. And you mean God, not Thomas Rhett, right? Right. Or do you mean Thomas Rhett? Talking about the Lord, yeah, not talking about okay. my husband. Okay. Um, because the things that, that he has brought me, that the Lord has brought me through my marriage and because of my marriage, it is like a ginormous jigsaw puzzle that I have, you know, seen pieces for my whole life. And as I've seen the puzzle start to come together, I'm like, holy moly, I wow. never in a million years thought that that piece was going to go right here. Or I didn't even know that that piece had a place. And, and it does all of a sudden, and then it, it fits so perfectly. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's just, I just feel um, I feel so known and you know, you learn that as you're growing up that you are known and loved by God, but I didn't experience that. I don't believe until I was married. Um, and, and that comes with other things in life too. You know, the, my marriage for sure was a part of me experiencing that, but, but I do think even the things that in my life, like traveling to Uganda, things that don't have anything to do with my marriage. Um, as I've gotten older and, and lived more of my life, which is what has encouraged me to walk through the doors that he opens yeah. because I'm like, listen, you know me better than I know myself. So if you're telling me this is what I need to be doing, then I'm going to try my hardest and have the courage to listen and walk through it. And he never disappoints. He never disappoints. And it's just, it's the one constant in my life. And I just, you know, marriage has its ups and downs and kids have their ups and downs and your sleep patterns with kids have their ups and downs. <laughs> right. and you just, you could be having the worst day ever, but, um, but he's not going to change. And I think holding on to that is just, what keeps me going every day and and in those super low downs th that's all sometimes you can cling to and and then having that community that can back you up you know when you feel like you are having a hard time even clinging to your faith having that community that can also lift you up and for me it is my husband and my girlfriends and my family but um yeah, man, he just, he knows me so well. Yeah. I mean, he made me, so it makes sense. But <laughs> I guess I just, it took me a long time to feel it, to know it and, and to live that part of my life 
knowing like, oh, okay, I I can see how you know me better than I know myself now. And it's such a cool experience when you do experience that. But Lauren, it feels like that. It almost feels like those are the eyes you have to choose to have. You know, like you can either choose to have eyes that say, I'm going to look at my life and see how much God knows me, or I'm going to look at my life and see what I don't have. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Right. So you've chosen this. You do. You have, and you have to choose them every day (laughs) because you can wake up some days and you have the set of eyes that are trying to point you down another direction. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think everybody probably goes through those where you're like, oh man, I have got to re set my prescription or yeah, something because yeah, I feel right. like I have really just <laughs> I got to trade in these glasses <laughs> for sure because if you just it, it's a discipline it is a discipline and but more than that I think it's who you have around you one of our really good friends said one time he said if you want to know what your spiritual average is like look at the your top five friends around mm. you and add up their spiritual numbers on like a one to 10 scale, average them out. And that's probably where you are. And, um, that is so true. Oh my word. It's so true. And it's so good. And I I constantly, like I've told myself that ever since I've heard that analogy, I'm constantly reminding myself, like, you know what you need to be, you have such limited, I have such limited time as a mom and just with the, maybe not in coronavirus, I feel like everybody had a whole lot of time then, but (laughs) in normal life circumstances, everyone's so busy and you've got so much going on. So you've got to make the time for the people who are going to bring that average up and to help you fix your eyes on the one who knows you and, and loves you more than you can even fathom. And so it's something that you have to live you know, day to day and learn day to day and definitely choose day to day. And it's not always easy. And sometimes it feels like it would be so much easier just to look the other way or try to do it on your own or think that you know better. But um, man, it's just, it's just not the case. Right. (laughs) Right. We're not, um, we're not equipped to do this on our own and community is everything. And I think that's why he, that's what he intended us to do with our community was to surround each other and, and speak that truth and put to death the things that we're going to try and creep in and lie to you. And that's, that goes for anybody though. But I feel like, man, I feel it hard for women these days. I really do. I think the more women like you and I can have these real conversations <laughs> and, and let other women or, or whoever is listening hear it, and know it too, that, that they're not alone. And, um, and that gosh, the the life, the, what the world is trying to tell us these days is, is scary. And, um, if I didn't have my community around me to point me in the right direction with, you know, being a wife and being a mom and, um, I would be lost. I love that you dedicated your book live in love to your community. I mean, that's literally the dedication was like to our crew and everyone who's loved us through all of this. I couldn't do this without y'all. Yeah, it's so true. I, I, I joke 
I say I joke, but I'm really serious that Willa Gray wouldn't have come home without them. I say that they brought her home because on those days where I felt like I was, I felt too far gone or too, um, I was so hopeless. There were days where I was just felt so hopeless and so tired. And I felt like I almost didn't even have the energy just to, just to say a prayer. And I was honest about that with our community. And, um, I, I had these group text chains going. I, I called the group chains, my prayer warriors, and I would text them through those ups and downs. And I would say, honestly, I, I'm so angry right now. I'm so angry. I, I feel so defeated and I don't know that I have the energy and the willpower to keep going right now. And so at that point they would, you know, kind of take over and say, listen, we're going to lift you right now. You may not be able to lift yourself, but we're going to lift you to the Lord. And, um, we're going to fight with you and alongside you. And when you feel like you can't fight anymore, we're going to be fighting for you for Willa Gray. And, um, that's when I really, when, when prayer changed drastically the course of our life, just making us become a family of three through that whole process and bringing our baby home. But even after that, man, I just, even the smallest things, big or small, you know, having that same community to back you up and, and to support you no matter what, and to tell you when you're wrong, but to I think the biggest thing for me is just speaking truth into my life. I need that. And I think everybody needs that. And um, yeah, so when we were talking about, well, who do you want to dedicate the book to? I was like, man, you know, I would not be where I am. I wouldn't be who I am. I truly believe that my kids would not be who they are, where they are here now um, without our community. And so I just feel like my life points back to God and the people around us every time. And um, the story always goes back to God and his faithfulness through our community. And so it's just the most honest I can be is pointing it straight back to him. Yeah. That's great, Lauren. I just, um, man, I've said this to you in our real lives, but I have watched you and Thomas Rhett love some of our friends in ways that have literally changed who they are and walked them toward Jesus. And I've just been so, it has been such a joy to watch up close, like that, that your book and your life is not just a story you tell. It is what you are doing. I mean, (laughs) it's what you're doing and it is just the best to watch. So I'm grateful to have a seat in the audience of watching how you love our friends really well. And me. I mean, me too. I'm on the receiving end of your kindness. So me too. I was about to say right back at you, but it's, you know, it's, it's so fun when you have people to do life with that love you well and teach you how to love well, because we wouldn't love well if we didn't have people who loved us well and taught us how to do it first. Well, I'm grateful to be on the receiving end. Y'all teach me how to be a good friend. Okay. The last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what y'all do for fun. Honestly, the day and age that we, with the three littles, what we do for fun is just run around the house and scream and chase each other. I mean, it, it, it starts out as a runway show with the girls in their princess dresses. Sure. And then it inevitably turns into someone chasing someone else around the house and it turns into a scream fest. They just, I don't know what it is about little girls, but they just love to scream. They love it. <laughs> 
And Lynn didn't even do it yet. You've only got two out of three going. Uh, right. I know. She's learned, she's finding her voice slowly. And she will, oh man, she just watches her sisters do everything. But yeah, screaming, when I think about what we do for fun, it is, it involves a lot of screaming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that makes me laugh. That's awesome. Great answer. Um, hey, thanks for doing this today, Lauren. I really appreciate it. I can't wait for people to get your book. Annie, you're so sweet. Thank you for having me and hanging with me today for a little bit. It oh, was, my pleasure. It was so much fun. Friends, you love her. I know. I know you love her as much as you thought you were going to love her, if not more. Lauren Akins is just one of the best, y'all. Okay, so listen, grab a copy of her new book, Live in Love. Make sure you're following her on social media. Tell her thanks for being on the show. Y'all have tagged me a lot since you've seen she had a book coming out and said, Annie, when are you going to have Lauren on the show? This is your chance to go back and tell her how much you love her. Thanks for being on the show and how much her words meant to you. And also head over to our favorite shop in Nashville, Abel. You know, you can go to livefashionable.com. And there's actually a Lauren Aiken new exclusive line. Y'all are going to love some of those bags. So go check that out as well. Lauren and I continued our chat over on YouTube. So make sure you go to youtube.com slash Annie F. Downs TSF to hear the rest of our conversation. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. I hope you're happy to have heard Lauren. I know I loved having her on. And I always love when we get to make y'all happy with someone you've requested. So I hope today was as fun for you as it was for us. So go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. And we'll see you back here on Thursday with another favorite, Banning Leapshire. See you guys on Thursday.